Has there ever been a math problem or a confusing word in a book that has confused you? Have you ever been extremely frustrated by the fact that you have no idea what you are trying to solve? Has this difficult math problem or hard to cipher word been on a test? After putting in all your effort into thinking about what the answer may be, have you come up short? Did you say, there must be no answer to this question? This question is a paradox. Did you say that? Well, if your math question is related to the Schrodinger's cat thought experiment, then you probably are right. Brace yourselves, as I attempt to understand, answer, and explain the Schrodinger's cat thought experiment and its various interpretations. Yeah, we're going to be talking about something that I don't completely understand yet, but I will be able to explain it in at least semi it, it will be accurate but i still don't know what i'm doing this is this is quantum quantum mechanics at its finest the most confusing subject in science right here and i'm going to explain it to you as a 15 year old so brace yourselves and bear with me on all of this so the history of schrodinger's cat thought experiment basically the creator of this thought experiment his name was erwin schrodinger he was an Austrian and Irish physicist, an Austrian-Irish physicist. Uh, he was also a prominent uh, physicist who was responsible for developing his name, wave function. So Schrodinger's wave function. Uh, Schrodinger's function is basically the quantum mechanics version of Newton's second law, which is F equals mass time or force equals mass times acceleration. Uh, Schrodinger's wave function predicts the future a actions of subatomic particles or what, as they call it on Wikipedia, quantum systems. And solutions to this equation can explain the actions of everything from the tiniest subatomic particles to even, theoretically, the universe as a whole. Now, I do not completely understand it, but uh, the various websites that I looked at, the various uh, papers, it, I'll link them down in the description, of course, they, they all seem to have mentioned a universe a universal like schrodinger's wave function like schrodinger's wave function being able to interpret the entire universe and its actions which is mind-blowing <laughs> it is completely mind-blowing but yeah so this equation is very important because it will be used in a significant fashion throughout the episode if you're watching the youtube video you will see how insane this equation is uh there's one i write this stuff down because i have a lot of uh, formulas in physics on a notebook so i'm trying to think of what this looks like so basically the wave function the the symbol for the wave function in schrodinger's wave function is it basically it reminds me of like a trident i think it i think they call it like a trident so like you look at like titan like one of the uh, one of the gods, I, I don't know his name. It might have been like Titan or Atlantis. I don't, I don't know anything about Greek mythology. But he had this like gold, like tri I think it was a trident or like a triton or something. And yeah, the, it's basically the top of it. I don't know how to explain what it looks like. It's like a, it's like a U. It's kind of like a U, with a line going through the middle of it and down. So it's like, huh. I don't know how to explain it. If you're watching the YouTube video, this is easy to see, but if you're 
if you're on the podcast, you, you're going to have to look this up yourself. So search up wave function symbol and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting uh, symbol. Let's just say the very, very least. But yeah. When the Copenhagen interpretation, which states that all particles in quantum mechanics are in superposition, which is basically all states at once or multiple states at once, uh, until it is observed. So the wave function is applicable to the quantum system until it is observed or measure, measured. Either by it was originally believed like conscious, it had to be a conscious being, but we're starting to see that even even the counter in Schrodinger's uh, Schrodinger's cat could possibly actually definitely does um, measure the would measure the quantum would measure the uh, the would attempt to measure the quantum system and the wave function would collapse I'll talk about this in a second so basically uh, and as the website I used said responding to uh, superposition it is when it is observed it is forced to choose a state so basically in the in in the copenhagen interpretation once the wave function collapses so once the, it is observed basically and the wave function collapses or the wave form collapses basically it'll go on general probability so what state it chooses will be based on probability so if there's a 50 percent chance it's going to become a wave and a 50 percent chance it's going to become a particle it's basically up to full, uh, full first law of probability. I think it is. <laughs> it's just going to be bound by the laws of probability, and it's going to be, yeah, it's just going to be. It's going to be full, true, fundamental probability. So there's no like, there are no outside events that can uh, can affect this. So this is basically the Copenhagen interpretation. Again, I have links down in the description to further explain this because again i have no idea what i'm talking about no i i, I know what i'm talking about but not a, not in the way the physicists are but the physicists wrote the stuff that i am talking about so you can read that if you would if you would like but yeah um so we're now going to actually get into the experiment i know you guys have been waiting for this because <laughs> schrodinger's cat is very popular even in the even in the general world so it's not even just physicists that go like that think about schrodinger's cat I mean, I, <laughs> I've, even, I've even seen memes, like my friends have sent me memes on Schrodinger's cat and Schrodinger's wave function, which is insane. Most people don't know what it is, but it's a it's a good thought experiment to uh, start on, especially if you want to really confuse yourself, because this took me a lot of time to understand, it's specifically the interpretations. The The experiment itself is easy, and I've, I already know a fair amount about very basic quantum mechanics, but... There's a lot more. There's a lot more that I need to learn. But yeah, so basically, in this thought experiment, you will need to imagine a few items in uh, inside a, a sizable box. So it has to be large enough to fit a cat, of course. So first thing, again, like I said, a cat, because this is Schrodinger's cat. Um, you also need a radioactive substance, uranium, plutonium, radium, radon, etc. I'm going to choose uranium for the experiment that I'm going to perform. I don't actually have uranium. Don't go to my house and look for uranium because you're not going to find any unless you 
no, you're not going to find any uranium. I, I can't think of anywhere where I would have any uranium. It's very expensive and dangerous. I don't want to have uranium. Okay. <laughs> uh, another thing you'll need is an internal monitor to detect radio radioactive decay uh, in the actual uranium in this situation, but in the actual uh, radioactive atoms. So basically, when the atom is decaying, you're looking at radioactive decay right there. So there you go. <laughs> I can't think of any better way to explain it. Uh, the internal monitor is known as a Geiger counter. You can look that up if you'd like. It basically just detects, uh, detects radioactive decay. <laughs> it was, I, it's kind of self-explanatory compared to when I, when I was uh, talking about. But yeah, another thing you need is a flask of poison. Um, cyanide was the poison imagined by Schrodinger and most others that uh, exemplified this experiment or that gave an example of this experiment that just kind of showcased it and taught it to other people. Every single video I've ever watched on Schrodinger's cat used cyanide as the poison, so I chose that myself. But yeah, you also need a hammer and a lever attached to the hammer and the detector. So basically, when the detector detects radioactive decay, it'll it'll basically cause a lever to just like kind of fall and then the hammer will be released on the on the flask of cyanide. So, yeah, it'll kill the cat. <laughs> it's going to kill the cat. But science, right? This this is this is a thought experiment though. This is not a real experiment. If you if you try to do it, you really all you would do is either kill a cat or not kill a cat. So this doesn't actually apply to real life. The cat will be dead long before you look in the box. Unless there's no radi radioactive decay, which there probably will be. Well, let's say 50-50. But yeah, so the thought experiment is actually quite easy to understand. It's just the interpretations of it and the implications and like what is actually going on, uh, like what the underlying factors are in the experiment. So the thought part of the experiment the experiment of the thought the thought part of the experiment is extremely difficult to understand but the experiment itself is nothing so yeah so basically we are going to explain what the thought experiment is basically the geiger counter is trying to detect if there is any radioactive decay basically an atom decaying uh occurring within that small bit of uranium we will use uranium in this experiment as i said if the counter detects radioactive decay occurring within the uranium, the lever will fall, releasing the hammer on the flask of cyanide, we will use cyanide as the poison like I said earlier, breaking the vial, releasing the cyanide, and killing the cat. Yes, so the cat will die. On the other hand, if the Geiger counter does not detect any radioactive decay uh, occurring within the uranium, the lever will not fall, the cat will not be exposed to the cyanide, and the cat will therefore not die. Yeah, this is a kind of a it's kind of a ruthless experiment. Sometimes <laughs> you guys just have to you guys have to wait until the end of this because towards the end I have another one of the interpretations. We're t we're going to be talking about many worlds in this. You'll understand what this is, what that is later. And there's another experiment. Yeah, I think you guys are just going to have to wait. <laughs> There are so many, like, everything these physicists do, sometimes I feel like they're actually mad scientists because everything involves killing something. <laughs> Literally everything involves killing something. But yeah, so the thought experiment sounds very easy, right? 
Uh, it's, it is performed quite easily, but remember, remember, this is a thought experiment. There is still a lot more we have to talk about. Get ready, prepare your brain, and hope to the universe and quantum mechanics that your brain will not turn into mush. Yeah, <laughs> it's a 50-50 chance. It is a 50-50 chance. There is a 50% chance your brain will turn into mush, because my brain turned into mush in the process. And let's just say it was not the most comfortable thing I've dealt with in my life. <laughs> but yeah, as I said earlier, all quantum particles, when not observed, are bound to the realms of Schrodinger's wave function. As indicated by the Copenhagen interpretation, when these quantum particles are not observed, they are in what is called superposition, as I said earlier, in meaning that the particle can be in multiple states at once. Uh, for example, an electron can be both a wave and a particle, and this is actually observed in an experiment called the double slit experiment. Now, I can't think off the top of my head what it actually is, but it does exemplify what uh it does exemplify the it, it does exemplify how uh in a quantum system in superposition can be in multiple states at once and in this in this case it would be a, it could be a particle and a wave at the same time so an electromagnetic magnetic wave and in a particle so it can be an electron and a proton at the same or a photon at the same time basically but yeah so it, it, it was the double slit experiment was designed by an English physicist named Thomas Young uh, to prove that light was a wave and not a particle. Uh, quantum physicists now use this experiment once quantum theory had come out, which is in the early 1900s. They use this experiment to explain how a subatomic particle, again like an electron, can act like a wave and still create what is called an interference pattern. An interfer interference pattern indicates indicates that it's that there are particles and the wave is just light <laughs> but yeah it's a it's an interesting experiment they they've done they've altered it a lot because they don't want they want to be able to like see at what point does measurement not occur can we measure it can we like trick the quantum the quantum physics like we can trick the mechanics of these quantum systems that there was there was a great video I should actually link I should try to find it it was by Joe Scott and they talked about and he talked about how they there were these physicists there were a few physicists and I think it was like 2001 or something they just kept changing this experiment around around and around and like they they put a bunch of mirrors down a bunch of crazy stuff and like put detectors in hidden places and everything and they would still see the same interference patterns like it was it was beyond me i can't i can't exactly remember everything that happened there but it's it's quite incredible in my opinion like you guys definitely should look into that it's uh it's very interesting but yeah so one significant challenge in quantum physics is that measurement is impossible and again double slit experiment can kind of exemplify this uh once a physicist attempts to measure the particle with pretty much any tool he has in his stockpile the waveform in the particle previously in superposition collapses. Waveform collapse is basically the transformation of a, and I quote, spread out wave function to a localized particle uh, by quantum physics lady. You will see how this is important when looking at 
what is happening at the thought experiment, in the thought experiment. I don't understand how I could possibly even delve. I, I, okay, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Before I created, Before I created this podcast, before I created this episode, I legitimately thought I'd be reading from the script. <laughs> I'm not reading from the script. I don't know how. This is, I'm very lucky today. But yeah, so Schrodinger's cat is specifically meant to exemplify and simplify what is happening at the quantum level. Based on the Copenhagen interpretation, the cat, as it is in superposition because it hasn't yet been observed, after some time is both dead and alive. So just like an electron is a particle and a wave when in superposition, the cat in superposition is both dead and alive. Do you see where I'm coming from? Uh, the problem is that we do not know exactly what happens to the other possible outcomes. So when when the waveform collapses, when it when the cat is observed and the waveform collapses, does is it bounded by the laws of probability as the as the Copenhagen interpretation implies, or is it bound by something else? And we will talk about interpretation. So let's say there is a 50-50 chance that the cat will either be alive or dead. Let's say that the observer op uh, opened the box and saw a dead cat. Then where would the outcome of an alive cat go? Where would it just go nowhere? Would it just not exist anymore? Or would it, or would it collapse into something else? We'll, we'll talk about this. The Copenhagen interpretation that explains that only one outcome would be determined based on fundamental probability, but there are always many more interpretations of this event. Of course, this is why the thought experiment is often considered a paradox. So, the Copenhagen interpretation, compared to the other ones in here, is going to seem boring. Extremely boring. <laughs> just, <laughs> just wait until I get to many worlds. You will understand why so many quantum physicists, and why I want to be a physicist, uh, why so many quantum physicists are insane. <laughs> just, just, like, seriously, it, it, you will be so interested in what I'm about to talk about that you will click the links below. I, I can tell you that right now. This is this is the best thing I've ever read. Like, this is the best thing. Like, it, this was the most interesting thing I've ever done. Like, I finished this, I finished the guide for this like three days earlier than I normally would. So yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I spent like, I spent like five hours researching it yesterday because I really wanted to know what was going on, even though I had to learn it from scratch basically. But yeah, so our first interpretation of the thought experiment is the Copenhagen interpretation, as I've mentioned many times before. This interpretation generally holds the scientific consensus and is the principal theory of quantum mechanics. If you take physics classes like advanced physics classes in college you will see the Copenhagen interpretation consistently it is everywhere in this interpretation once observed a quantum system abandons its superposition and once the waveform collapses akin to when it is observed the system becomes one or the other of the states or one of the uh, states it could possibly be in uh, that it had previously been in so in this situation the cat either becomes dead or uh becomes alive or remains alive uh, basically when the person opens the box the waveform will collapse and the cat will either be dead or alive a problem with this was mentioned by one of the fathers of the copenhagen interpretation and you probably have heard of him niels bohr bohr did not consider the wave function uh schrodinger's wave function an actual physical phenomenon but rather a simple statistical tool so probabilities it, it, 
Schrodinger's wave function is all probability. It's in, it's entirely based on probability anyways, so he's not necessarily wrong. <clears throat> Even so, the waveform of the system in quantum mechanics would collapse long before a conscious observer opened the box. In this situation, the Geiger counter is a measurement tool and would thus collapse the waveform in the particle. Any measurement, whether performed by conscious beings or unconscious detectors, will always collapse the waveform of a quantum system. And we have, we have observed this when trying to measure it without uh, conscious beings measuring it. Trust me, it's there has been a lot of difficulty in the past. And you can find, you can find a million videos on it. But yeah. So the next one is probably going to be all of your favorites because... It gets a little, not necessarily pseudoscientific, but it gets a little um, interesting. This is called the Many Worlds Interpretation, or MWI. It is beginning to reach uh, the level of scientific consensus, although the, Cop the Copenhagen Interpretation still easily holds the scientific consensus. But this is really gaining steam, let's just say it that way, because it's uh, it's believed to be unfalsifiable, but it may not be. I'm not completely sure how it isn't, but I think I I think I wrote that down. So it probably it probably is. It, it's it's very controversial. Let's just say it that way. It is a very very controversial uh, interpretation. So speaking in terms of the general population, not the scientific consensus, the many worlds interpretation is easily the most popular interpretation of Schrodinger's cat. Uh, Formulated by physicist, by American physicist, Hugh Everett, this interpretation does not single out the observation of quantum systems as a special event. So rather, if it, it states that when the waveform in a quantum system collapses, both the alive and dead forms of the cat will persist, but they, the realities uh, of the cat being dead and the cat being alive will separate. Yeah, uh, the the two events will be called will be decoherent. It's also known as quantum decoherence, uh, basically from each other. So when the uh, when the box is opened and the event is observed, one alternate reality of the observer would see a dead cat, while another alternate reality of the observer would see an alive cat. Maybe if maybe maybe if many worlds existed, there would be a reality in which the girl I liked said yes to when I asked for her phone number. Why did I write that down? <laughs> Still, it's a, it's an interesting one. There's also probably an alternate reality in which I'm president. Uh, maybe there's an alternate reality in which I died six years. Well, there is an alternate reality in which I died six years ago, if uh, that is the case. But yeah. So one problem with this interpretation is that, at least for of now, the this theory is widely considered to be unfalsifiable. An unfalsifiable claim is generally considered pseudoscience, like there are way too many, like even, even the existence of alien life at the moment is pseudoscience, because there's no evidence of it, no significant evidence at least. It's not really falsifiable technically. But if it is possible to prove or disprove this occurrence, then it will be taken more seriously. However, some proponents of the theory, uh, for example, Sean Carroll, he's a... He, He's a professor of physics at the at Caltech, so at California Institute of Technology, at the California Institute of Technology. 
he claims that many worlds is actually proven by mathematical formulas and can be physically falsifiable. That would be very interesting to see. Another prominent thought experiment built to explain this many worlds theory, and I was talking about this earlier when I was like, some of these physicists sound like mad scientists, is called the quantum suicide machine. I'm not even kidding. It is called the quantum suicide machine. <laughs> Imagine a gun pointed at a conscious observer. Uh, point a gun at myself, basically. So I'll point a gun at myself. With a 50-50 chance of the gun discharging a bullet every minute. If superposition and the many worlds interpretation applies in this thought experiment, then every minute the waveform would collapse, split up into two different realities, one in which the observer is shot and killed immediately, and another in which the observer, akin myself, or uh, for example myself, uh, remains alive. This will continue because, there, again, there's a 50-50 probability. So I get, okay, let's, let's imagine, so one of me, okay, so I'm in the quantum... Uh, the quantum suicide machine right now. There's a 50-50% chance I die one minute, after one minute. After one minute, one reality of me dies, and the other reality of me survives. That that reality of me that survives will get shot again in a minute. We'll have a 50-50 chance of getting shot. Well, a 100% chance of getting shot, but we'll also have a 100% chance of not getting shot. And this will continue until... A specific one, uh, until one of the observers of this wave function uh, of this of the um, quantum suicide machine realizes the uh, that it is a quantum suicide machine <laughs> that it's controlled by basically that's controlled by that it is controlled by uh, many worlds and basically this is also referred to as quantum immortality because if there is all, if there's even a 0.0001% chance that you will live until a million years old in one of in one of those many worlds you will live until a million years old so do you see where i'm coming from i know you do <laughs> this is a it's it's crazy right immortality quantum immortality can like legitimate immortality can be explained by quantum physics <laughs> There's a lot that comes into it, though. It's, it's, it's a confusing topic. Don't get me wrong. I got, I, I had a lot of trouble figuring this out. But yeah. The waveform collapse would continue on forever, and resulting in there always being a conscious uh, observer that remains alive. So, as long as the probability remains, there will always be a living conscious observer continuing to undergo this waveform collapse. But on the other hand, if... Though Copenhagen interpretation is correct, and theoretically his experiment was actually bounded under under the laws of quantum physics, then you would probably you would likely die within two minutes. Uh, the waveform would collapse only into one reality based on the fifty percent chance that an observer will either die or not die within the first minute. Simple laws of probability would apply in determining the fate of this observer. Isn't that boring though? <laughs> the universe is not that boring. <laughs> that's that's basically that's a, that's a strong argument on the uh, mad scientist side of of quantum physics that the universe is just not that boring and trust me it isn't but yeah so basically if that happens so after two minutes you'd have a seventy five percent chance of death after 
three minutes, you'd have, I think, an 87.5% chance of death. After four minutes, you'd have a 94% chance of death, and it'd just continue on until it's like you have such a high chance of death that there's really no there's really no reason to even consider your the other side a uh, probable. I mean, you could still live forever, theoretically, but the chance is so low that there are not even... I mean, after you get probably... After you get to, like, um, 126 minutes, you probably have already... Uh, you've probably already... Per, you've already probably elevated over the amount of atoms in the universe. So, like, a 1 in 10 to the 96th power chance of... Uh, you like one divided by one times 10 to the 96th power that is your chance of surviving through 120 minutes it's not i don't know if it's actually that but like just theoretically but yeah there are there are 10 to the 81st at least uh, as we know now 10 to the 81st atoms in the uh, like uh elementary particles in the observable universe so yeah the chances are not high but yeah Trust me, there are many more interpretations, but I didn't really completely understand them, so I, I'm not going to list them down. I have links in the description if you guys want to look further. Uh, I suggest that you definitely do a little bit more research before you look into the other interpretations because they are a little bit more specific to quantum mechanics, so they get into a, they delve a little bit deeper than many worlds. So, But I definitely recommend that you look at them. But yeah... If you would like to discover them for yourself, again, I have 20,000 links in the description that you may use to assist you in acquiring an understanding of the, of the quantum mechanics of our beautiful universe. It is without question that quantum mechanics is easily one of the most profoundly confusing subjects humans have ever stumbled upon. I am generally good at understanding advanced mathematical and scientific concepts like this, but that did not apply this time. <laughs> the studying I did to understand this co concept just enough to be able to explain its basics took me at least three hours. I had little prior knowledge. I only knew uh, from YouTube videos about quantum physics, but the studying was, it, it took me a long time because I had to, I had to basically build from the ground up on what I was uh, thinking about when I was learning. But yeah, it was probably a significant amount of time more than that. I would say it's more like five hours, but I, I don't really, I can't, I can't uh, put a good number on it. But still, the wondrous confusion brought about by quantum mechanics further exemplifies the beauty of the reality of our universe. Uh, I won't lie to you, being confused was very fun yesterday. I really loved being confused. I love being confused because it forces you to learn more. It, it'll make you even more profoundly curious. But yeah, so I hope this wacky concept confused you enough that you became curious enough to click the links in my description. I can assure you that you will feel very rewarded once you have begun to understand the very basic, non-mathematical aspects of quantum physics. Yeah, this is the non-mathematical part. This is the basics. These are the basics. Think of that. There's a lot more. Oh, God. I have a long, I have a long year ahead of me. I have a long uh, rest of my life ahead of me for that. <laughs> but yeah, so about as much. This is pretty much about as much as I know right now. I don't. I, I'm going to uh, get into the actual mathematical formulas. Like I've been writing down a lot of the formulas today, but for now, I, I don't. I don't have them. But yeah. Anyways, thank you all for listening. 
And as always, have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and a good night. Take care and stay curious, everyone.